This is the Simi Sarah Show On Demand. Subscribe now on iTunes. Listen to the show each weekday 10 to 2 on 980 CKNW and through the Radio Player app. Let's talk about this situation at ICBC now. And this story with uh, RCMP Constable Sarah Beckett, who was that police officer who was uh, killed by a drunk driver. Uh, She laid down her lives uh, protecting the rest of us. People will remember that she was the first female police officer to die in the line of duty in British Columbia. The first police officer on Vancouver Island killed since 1991. This has deeply affected the entire community. And then to hear this story that ICBC, in some court documents, were actually blaming her for the collision that took her life is just infuriating to me i just can't believe it here she is a 32 year old mother of of two little boys killed on duty Uh, the guy who hit her had three and a half times the legal limit of alcohol in his blood when he slammed into her he was sentenced to four years in jail for dangerous driving causing death i mean you could you could probably do another show on whether that was an adequate punishment four years in jail for for, uh, killing this police officer in a drunk driving incident. But then for ICBC in court documents to say that she was somehow to blame, I I just find that extraordinary. ICBC uh, saying in court documents that she failed to keep a proper lookout. She failed to see this drunk driver's truck at a reasonable time. Failed to drive her own car in a careful and prudent manner. Are you kidding me? This woman has lost her life, laid down her own life for us. Unreal. ICBC is now apologizing for saying in court documents that this uh, this police officer was to blame for her own death. Here's Nicholas Jimenez, the president of ICBC. We've taken steps to reach out and apologize to uh, the family of Consul Beckett, to the RCMP, um, to the people... Uh, in, the, in the community, the broader community. And, and I think this is the most important part. We're, we're taking steps to make sure that this doesn't happen again. Okay, Nicholas Jimenez, the president of ICBC, they're saying that the ICBC apologizes for blaming this, uh, this police officer for, for this crash. Let's check in with Jazz Johal now. He's the BC Liberal MLA and critic for ICBC. Jazz, thanks for taking the time. Pleasure, Michael. Your thoughts on this uh, story? Well, you know, I was I was listening to you uh, in your preamble there, and I could certainly sense uh, your frustration and your anger. And I think your listeners, the people across British Columbia, and certainly me as well, were just gobsmacked uh, last week when we heard this story initially when it came out. I think how could a corporation uh, be so insensitive? Uh, and it was quite shocking. I remember it was quite late afternoon when I first saw the story come across the wire, and I was just shocked. And while I'm glad the ICBC apologized, you do have to ask yourself, what's going on behind the scenes here? Is this a systemic problem? And the reason I say that is, it's not like this just happened last week. This was initially filed, or this defense was filed by ICBC last year, specifically last spring. So that was 18 months ago. In those 18 months, there would have to be lawyers going over that defense. There would have to be legal assistants looking at that defense. There would probably have to be managers, 
senior managers looking at that defense. And not one person flagged this in those 18 months. That's what I find shocking and galling. It's not as, as if corporations don't make mistakes. I understand that. But when this particular file has been sitting there on the desk of various senior people and their legal counsel and legal assistants, and you're telling me nobody flagged this, nobody saw this coming? And that's what shocks me, that here we are 18 months later, somebody in the media points this out, and then ICBC starts backtracking and then it offers an apology. So if this is happening with the claim of uh, Ms. Beckett and putting her family through this, what's happening with other uh, British Columbians who also have been injured uh, and are going through the system right now? Is this representative and reflective of ICBC uh, playing tough with British Columbia shareholders and ICBC ratepayers as well. That's my biggest concern in this. Yes, it was insensitive. Yes, ICBC apologized. But like I said, 18 months this went on and nobody noticed. What are they doing with those who also have claims with ICBC today and now? Right. The, the claim in this particular case that triggered this debacle here for ICBC was the Attorney General of Canada, so basically the federal government, and effectively, which runs the RCMP, they were seeking to be compensated for the loss and damage to her vehicle, so to her police car. So that's how this happened. So they were effectively looking for money from ICBC to compensate for the damage and loss of this police car that was wrecked by this drunk driver. And that's how ICBC ended up filing uh, these pleadings saying, oh, no, no, it was actually her fault. You know, that's how this happened. And uh, do you think that is an indication of like a, a corporate culture over there at ICBC that when they're in a situation, they're adjudicating and fighting over an accident and liability, that they will go to the wall and fight you to the wall every every step of the way, even to the extreme of a police officer who's been killed by a drunk driver. I mean, maybe that's why people get lawyered up when they're fighting well, ICBC, right? You, you raise a very good point here, Michael. Um, you know, you, in I, within the, the, the corporation, you have represented files and unrepresented files in ICBC. So those people that are working through the system to find compensation, and those that say, look, I'm fed up with this, I'm going to lawyer up. You had yeah. about 60,000 files like this in 2017 at ICBC. I was just checking that this morning. We're at 90,000 files. So in other words, wow. from 2017 to 2019, the current inventory of injury files has increased by 30%. People have lawyered up. Yeah. And potentially it could be the, 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 the culture there at ICPC. I'd also argue it's the way the NDP have handled the file as well and turned it, to, you know, turned it into a political hot potato. But we have a 30% increase, a 30% increase of people, uh, what they call uh, lawyering up for their injury files since right. 2017 alone. So something is wrong over that, uh, there at ICBC. There's been a significant increase from 60,000 files where lawyers are representing people to 90,000 files in a mere two years. So this is, uh, in this case with the Beckett's, like I said, I'm glad they apologized. But yeah. when you ever see a significant increase of people hiring lawyers, there's got to be something inside. Or at the very least, in my opinion, it's also the way the NDP have handled this file as well. Okay, I think it uh, reinforces the importance of this ICBC file politically here, and I think we'll be talking more about it in 2020. Jazz, thank you very much for coming on. My pleasure. Pleasure, Michael. Very okay, good. that is, same to you. That is Jazz Johal, Liberal MLA. He is the Liberal critic for ICBC. By the way, the RCMP, after they discovered that 
ICBC was trying to blame this officer who lost her life, trying to blame her for this uh, crash by a drunk driver that killed her. They put out a statement saying that, quote, the timing of this story coming out so close to Christmas leaves the membership of the West Shore RCMP saddened, unquote, which I think is maybe a diplomatic way of saying how shocked the RCMP were that that ICBC did this. The ICBC has apologized, but I'll tell you, that's a debacle. That's a black eye for ICBC.